I'm Alan Hall, president of WeatherGuard Lightning Tech, and I'm here with the vice president of North American Sales for Wind Power Lab, Joel Saxon. We're the host of the Uptime Podcast, and this is your newsflash. First up, Germany's first dynamic bidding process for offshore wind zones has generated 12.6 billion euros in proceeds. Uh, the auction received several zero subsidy bids for the three North Sea areas and one Baltic Sea area. Uh, leading to a dynamic bidding stage. Now, this Joel, this is unusual f- for Europe. In in America, it's, it's just commonplace, but zero subsidy bids uh, are a problem for the industry, right? Well, it says that the costs are either going to be passed on somehow, right? They're going to be passed on through the supply chain, which is kind of already struggling, uh, or to the consumers, right? So at the end of the day, someone has to pay for non-subsidy wind. Like if you look at wind in the US, you say, if we did away with PTC, well, <laughs> it makes these projects not that feasible unless PPA prices rise, which eventually passes that cost on the consumer. So the same thing with these bids going here offshore in Germany. Um, they're not. There's no subsidies uh, at the round that ended up winning these bids. So all of those costs must be in a tr- basically a traditional business model passed on to someone. The real trick here is, are they going to continue on with this process? Because I think the industry wants not to do this. I think when Europe put out a statement earlier this week saying they would prefer not to go down this pathway and, and these uh, zero subsidy bids need to stop. But I think the countries, Germany, one of them, uh, I think other countries would like to have some cash right now. And so this is an easy way to get it. It just skews the marketplace. Yeah. I mean, uh, if you read any of the press releases, one of the big, not one of the biggest offshore wind player in the world, Orsted, they backed out of the auction. Now we don't know when they backed out of it at what stage, but at some stage they backed out. And there is a part of a press release from Reuters that says earlier this year, Nipper, who's Mads Nipper, the CEO of Orsted, uh, had warned against the German pricing model for the auction, saying it could ultimately raise costs for consumers. So that's the, the, you know, Orsted backed out when they saw the prices getting too high. They don't want to be, you know, a part of something that is an upside down business model before you even start. And, you know, in U.S. dollars, it's 14 billion euros for seven gigawatt or 14 billion U.S. dollars for seven gigawatts of of space in the ocean is a that's a lot of money. Orsted is playing it close to the vest. You see that happening in the United States at the moment on the East Coast, and now you're seeing it over in Germany. And rightly so. They're pretty smart at what they do. Danish Windshore Foundation specialist Blatt Industries is set to be acquired by CS Wind. Blatt Industries specializes in fabricating foundations and steel structures for the offshore wind industry, and the acquisition aims to support Blatt Industries' goal of becoming a specialized enabler of global green transition. Blatt Industries, which is under Nordic Capital Ownerships, shifted its focus solely to the offshore wind industry. So CS Wind, which is based in South Korea, uh, has expanded some facilities in the United States and Pueblo, Colorado. So it looks like CS Wind is making a, a pretty substantial play for the steel involved in wind turbines overall. You know, it's a great move them partnering with Blatt here because Blatt's, uh, they have produced more than 25 substations and over 3,100 foundations for the offshore wind uh, industry alone. So now Blatt used to be involved in a lot of North Sea activity. So that's offshore oil and gas. They make jackets, they make monopiles, they make the transition pieces. So they're more of like an engin- like an EPIC, we'd call them, engineering uh, production uh, or engineering procurement and including construction even, but they don't do construction. But however, they do the engineering, they do the building, they do all that. Now they've got CS Wind behind them that is a 
a massive steel producer, right? So now all of a sudden that they've supplied their, their or they've secured their strategic supply chain, which is something that we, you know, of course, as we know is a painful point in the, the energy transition all over the globe. A good partnering. We've seen other companies come from the Asia Pacific region uh, and partner up with Danish companies that know a lot about wind. You see Globotics, Danish Blade Service, Vestas, MHI Vestas. So that's a move that we've seen before in the past. Um, and I think this one will play out really well. Well, if there's going to be consolidation in heavy industry and particularly steel, you think it's all going to get directed towards South Korea, right? They're, they're building huge ships there at the moment. Yeah, steel production. Yeah, it's, a, it's just a heavy industry country. It's all going to roll that way. And it, there's a lot of offshore development in South Korea at the moment. So it makes sense. For CS Wind to, to connect up here for sure. So sticking in South Korea, Alan, uh, Vestas is planning to relocate their Asia Pacific headquarters to Seoul in September. Um, so they used to be in Singapore. Now they're planning to open up a core wind turbine equipment plant in 2024 in South Korea. So I'm thinking that the South Korean government, whether it's the the larger government or Seoul or the, the city of Seoul itself, the they must have given them something, right? There's a, there's, there, you know, when, when usually when big businesses make a move, it's a tax play or it's a, there's some kind of incentive there. I don't know exactly what it is, but that's what it looks like. And it makes sense, right? Off air, we were, you and I were talking about the fact that South Korean offshore wind is going to start to start to make moves there. You know, in that region, we know there's um, some offshore wind going in, starting in Japan, uh, Taiwan. We have Vietnam around in, in that South Pacific region. So there is a, there's definitely a need over there for Vestas to be in the space. Yeah, the investors has a $300 million investment plan. That means they're really serious about this transition to South Korea. Vestas uh, has already won contracts for offshore wind turbines off the coast of South Korea. So you, they, they can see the writing on the wall that South Korea is going to be a big player in offshore wind and also making products. And they have all the shipping, right? So whatever is made in South Korea can get shipped anywhere in the world. And South Korea has all the access to the steel and all the steel making. So for Vestas, I think this is really a safety play almost. It's security, uh, 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 being close to really good resources in an engineering community. It's extremely solid and, and, and heavy industry. Vestas, this makes complete sense for them. Here's one for you to think about. Offshore wind, California, floaters, build them in Seoul, drag them right over. Definitely. If that's not in play already, it will be in the next 12 months. That that makes total sense, If especially... Uh, if you can make the journey, yeah, w because California is really not set up to make anything heavy industry like that, uh, where South Korea is ready to do it right now. Straight shot across the Pacific.